Live from the Mert Park, USA, I'm Tavis Smiley, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me back in stride again. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. Our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Everything at KBLA 1580. Uh, download our app right now, in fact, at KBLA 1580. Download the app. And listen to us live anywhere in the world. You just heard uh, Dominique for three hours live from South Africa. They're listening to us on the app in South Africa right now. So anywhere you are in the world in real time, you can hear us uh, clear as a bell if you download the app right now at KBLA 1580. Um, Should you miss us any day in real time, check out the podcast of our program by going to Apple, Spotify, Anchor, so many places to get the podcast and listen at your leisure should you miss us any day in real time. But I'm delighted to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. You can also watch the live stream of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. And let me invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap for you today in our second hour on June 29th. The California Reparations Task Force will hand over to the state legislature its extensive report and recommendations for compensation to eligible black Californians for the harms of slavery. So now what? We'll talk about it in hour two with Chris Lostin, lead organizer of the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California. In our third hour, we'll introduce you to uh, the host of two new shows coming to KBLA Talk 1580 this week. As we begin year three, we are thrilled that a recent independent research survey this week, in fact, finds that this station remains the most trusted, credible and reliable media source in Southern California for black listeners and beyond For the second consecutive year, that's high cotton, and we are happy about that. That said, in our three, you'll meet John Wood Jr., host of the Reconstruction Project. And for all you foodies, you'll also meet Karen and Ernest, host of a brand new food show called Food for Thought. But in this first hour, two more conversations on the B side of this hour, a conversation with Vanderbilt Professor David Eichard about the recent Supreme Court voting rights decision that went against Alabama Republicans talk about that on the backside of this hour, but I'm pleased to commence today's program with the president of the L.A. City Council, Paul Krikorian, for a candid conversation about the curious case of L.A. City Councilman Curran Price, who, as we all know, uh, has been charged with embezzlement and perjury. Mr. President, welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. How are you today, sir? Hi, Tavis. It's always a pleasure to be with you. I'm doing great. Thank you. It's a great honor to have you. Thank you for the time. Let me jump right in. I want to make the most of our time between now and the bottom of the hour. So, again, thank you for this opportunity um, to uh, to query you about the current price situation. Let let me start with this. Um, I'll I'll start broad and then we'll we'll narrow as we move through this hour, this half hour, that is. Um, At the moment, um, what is the situation in the council vis-a-vis Councilman Price? And we'll go from there. Uh, Well, thank you. just to start with, um, I learned about these charges pretty much at the same time that the media did. Um, and I think that was when Mr. Price first learned about them as well. <clears throat> and so it uh, came as a, needless to say, as a as a disappointing surprise to everyone. Um, what we have done, Mr. Price wrote, to, wrote a letter to me and he voluntarily agreed to step aside as the president pro tem of the council. Uh, and also he requested that uh, 
while this was pending that he uh, be withdrawn from his committee work. And so I have uh, removed him from all council committees. And since then, we have, yet just yesterday, we elected Councilmember Marquise Harris-Dawson uh, as the new council president pro tem. And I appointed Councilmember Bob Blumenfield as the assistant president pro tem. So um, following the news uh, being revealed to us about these charges, I initiated uh, a motion to begin the process of suspension uh, in the event that the council determined that that would be the appropriate action. Uh, Mr. Harris-Dawson also introduced a motion, which I seconded, that would begin a process of evaluating how to protect the uh, district's voice in this process to ensure that we have a process in place so that whatever action is ultimately taken, uh, that the considerations of the district are, are taken into account and uh, the protection of the district is taken into account. And that's a, that's a more complicated, difficult uh, question to answer, as we saw as we went through the experience with uh, Councilmember Ridley Thomas, uh, who was a suspended member of the council, who continued to remain as the council member it, it presents limited options to be able then to ensure that the interests of the district are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give you a chance just uh, to lay the, lay the land first um, uh, for what's happening at the moment. Let me ask one other question, then I'll get to some more specifics here that I want to uh, interrogate you on if I can. Um, sure. What's on the Friday schedule? Is there something happening this Friday in council regarding this matter? Yes. So uh, both of our motions, both the motion that I introduced and Mr. Harris-Dawson's motion, uh, will be heard by the Rules Committee on Friday. Uh, the Rules Committee consists of me, Mr. Harris-Dawson, and Councilmember uh, 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 Soto Martinez, uh, who I re- appointed to that committee actually to replace Mr. Price. So we will be considering those two motions and deciding whether to proceed uh, with either of them, and if so, under what circumstances, and then the Rules Committee will make uh, their recommendation to the full council, and the council will have the opportunity to vote. Um, I should note from the outset, Tavis, that um, my approach to this is that these are serious charges and the council needs to take them seriously. But at the same time, uh, I take very seriously the notion that a person is innocent until proven guilty. These are only charges. And so we have to evaluate our course of action based on that bedrock constitutional principle as well. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. And w- with all due respect, that sounds like you're trying to have it both ways. Let me let me press you on that now that you've laid again out for us sure. what, what's happening at the moment. It sounds to me that y- y- like, like you're trying to have it both ways. As I said a moment ago, you can't on the one hand, respectfully, Mr. President, um, say publicly, as you have now once again on this program, that you believe in the presumption of innocence, but then move as swiftly as you have to call for his suspension. It seems to me like a rush to judgment. So let me just ask you point blank. How is it that we can say that we believe in the presumption of innocence? He hasn't even been arraigned as yet. There's been no arraignment yet. And this council is moving on Friday to suspend yet another African-American member of the city council. Is that not a rush to judgment. And I want to ask in a moment how you how, how you expect that the city 
will see your process different than that of Nuri Martinez. We'll get to that in a moment. But is this a rush to judgment if we really believe in the presumption of innocence when a guy ain't even been arraigned as yet? Well, respectfully, uh, Tavis, I would say it's the opposite of that. Okay. And as you've heard me say, uh, I think, publicly many times, uh, we will not proceed in the same way that the previous council president proceeded uh, with regard to Mr. Ridley Thomas, which was to uh, put a motion before the council and demand a council vote as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, and at that time, you'll recall that many council members voiced concern about um, not thinking through what the next steps were and not considering what would happen to the district. I have said very publicly the exact opposite of that. Uh, I have said that, yes, we will introduce this motion. It'll be heard in the Rules Committee. But I've also said very publicly, introducing this motion does not in any way presuppose that there will be a suspension. Um, this is simply to allow the conversation to, to begin. It's not the end of the conversation. It's the beginning of the conversation. And that conversation must include the people of the district. Um, as you've pointed out, I mean, and it should include Mr. Price as well, because as you've pointed out, um, he hasn't even responded to these charges. We haven't seen any of the evidence supporting these charges yet. Um, and so I think that it's important that the, both the Rules Committee and the Council take into account all of those things when deciding what, if any, step should be taken next. So I'm 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 confused. Uh, I'm I'm not the brightest bulb in the box, but I'm, but I'm confused, Mr. President. <clears throat> when you say that what you're doing on Friday is the st is the beginning of a process, but it is the beginning of a process that ultimately leads to potentially suspension. So when you say that it may not result in suspension, if if that's the way we feel that the presumption of innocence ought to be respected, that due process ought to be respected, that fundamental fairness ought to be respected, why even begin the process at this point? Well, that's a fair question, and I think uh, I thought that it was important. The reason I introduced the motion was I thought that it was important, first of all, to make clear that when charges are filed against a sitting member, um, we are going to take those charges seriously, mm -hmm. and we're going to you know, consider what options will be available to the council uh, to deal with those uh, with that situation. Yeah. Um, but, but, I, but that doesn't presuppose an outcome. And yeah. that's important to me because this process is important to me. And it's important that the vo voices of the people of the Ninth District be heard as well. Yep. Um, I hear your point. Uh, but um, as we say, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> and my sense is if you start a process to move towards suspension, um, of course, it does not presuppose what the vote is going to be. But given what happened to MRT, I don't see this ending any differently. I digress on that point for the moment. I, I, I think you take my point respectfully. I hear your point. I just think we disagree on what it means to start a process like this when a person has not as yet even been arraigned. And let me just let me just pivot right quick and I'll come I'll come back. Sure. I was reading a piece last night that you may have seen if you haven't seen it. Uh, you are the president of the council. You are very, very busy. I know there's a lot of reading material on your docket. If you've not read this, I want to recommend it to you and to everybody listening right now. There's an article called The Alleged Crimes of Current Price are extremely confusing. That's the headline. The alleged crimes of current price are extremely confusing. You can find it at BennyWally.com. That's B-E-N-N-Y-W-A-L-L-Y, BennyWally.com. 
With all due respect to the L.A. Times, the Times hasn't done anything this good as yet about this case. This really goes into the details of what the D.A. is alleging. And when I read this in detail um, uh, over the last 48 hours, it raises all kinds of questions to me about the thinness of this case being brought by the D.A. As I said in an editorial on this station here to four, um, this has been this has been an open ended question for five years. For five years, uh, they've been looking ostensibly at current price. And all of a sudden, five years later, these allegations drop. And I raised uh, the question, Mr. President, in my editorial of whether or not the timing of this was propitious for a particular person. I'll leave that alone. That's not yours to opine on. I understand. But this piece uh, I want people to read at Benny raises some serious questions uh, about, again, the thinness, um, the, the, the efficacy, if you will, of this case that's being brought by the DA. And I believe that if every member of the council reads this particular piece and they have the same kinds of questions I have, this process that you are starting on Friday that, that does not presuppose an outcome uh, might not be worth uh, our time. And if it is, at least the vote will not be to suspend Councilman Price until at least he has had a say. Mine is not to defend current price, as you know. My point is always the same. Fundamental fairness, presumption of innocence, due process. That's what I said about MRT. That's what we're saying about current price. And I just don't want to see a rush to judgment where somebody gets, you know, gets gets um, uh, gets maltreated uh, in, in a situation where a case may be very, very thin uh, and may not hold up. Furthermore, when you look at uh, I looked uh, last night at the numbers. Uh, the data for the D.A. With all due respect to Mr. Gascon and his office, they're not very good at these cases. When you look at the data of the number of cases they lose in matters similar to this, they ain't got a good track record. Uh, and I, I again, I recommend that people look at look at those numbers. All of that said, uh, let me just ask where Marquise Harris Dawson is concerned. And he's a, a regular uh, guest on this station. He's welcome to come on my program or Dominique's program, anybody's program and respond to this. But I was concerned, I must say publicly, when I saw that he had signed on to your motion to start this suspension process. There ain't but three black folk on the council and you've got, you've got 14 other people that could have signed off on this. But one of the two black members signed off on this. I got a real problem with that. I say so publicly. How did you convince uh, Councilman Harris Dawson to sign uh, this motion to begin this suspension process? Well, I don't think it's a matter of, of convincing. And let me first take one giant step back because you just said a lot. And in fact, I have read that article um, and I find many of the arguments in that article very compelling. And those are exactly the sort of issues that I think that the Rules Committee should consider uh, on Friday. And, um, you know, when we're evaluating this, it's not in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're, you're, what options the council chooses to take is not in a vacuum. It's not simply because somebody's been charged. Mm -hmm. You know, charges run the gamut of lots of things. And, you know, in my view, there are many fundamental differences between these charges and anything else that we've seen before. Uh, it's not my role to... Uh, defend Mr. Price either, as you said, but it's also not my role to condemn Mr. Price. Mm -hmm. uh, it's my role to consider what is in the best interests, given these circumstances, for the council and also the people of the district. And believe me, I, I will absolutely be taking into account the, the sorts of things that were written in that article about the nature of these charges. And I'll just add another thing about sure. why these charges may be different than uh, charges that we've seen in the past. And, you know, people 
in the media, especially, like to lump all these things together and mm-hmm. say, well, there's all these, you know, corruption charges against all these council members, and therefore the council is a broken institution and it's corrupt. I agree that the council needs some significant reforms, but to tie all these things together as though they're linked is intellectually lazy. Mm-hmm. And um, when you see a situation on the one hand where uh, the FBI has done an investigation and a, prosecutor, a prosecutor at the United States Department of Justice makes a decision about charging and the evidence is laid out for the public, that's a different situation than when a local elected official uh, who is our prosecutor makes a decision to charge and does not lay out the evidence for the public. And, you know, to me, those are, those are different situations that need to be evaluated differently. The nature of the charges uh, are different. Um, the uh, degree to which the public has been hurt by these charges may be different. And all of those things are things that we need to take into account in figuring out the appropriate response. And and the other thing that I will just say that's fundamentally different about this, what what we're doing with our starting our process compared to previously, is the Harris-Dawson motion about the engagement of the public and evaluating next steps is being heard simultaneously with the other uh, suspension motion. We are taking these things up together. Mm-hmm. That was not done previously. The previous council president moved forward asking the council to suspend uh, a member and put the other part on the shelf. We won't do that. We'll have the, the district and the people of the district engaged every step of the way on this. Yep. Are there other things that you want to point to? Watch on my clock here. We've got about eight minutes left, and I thank you so much, Mr. President. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much no, for, my pleasure. for taking time to do this, man. Um, is there anything else you want to draw attention to uh, for this audience uh, that you hope will be different from your predecessor, as you put it, uh, near Martinez? And, I, and I'm asking because I want to make sure that what we end up with is not just a process that appears to be more graceful and more elegant, but the end game is the same, if that makes sense. No. Well, yeah, I will point out something different. Um, we've learned from the previous experience, and I hope the council has learned from the previous experience, um, because... Uh, moving forward with the suspension has real ramifications. Mm-hmm. It has real ramifications for the council and for the people of that district. This is not just about the member. It's also about the people of the district. And what we saw with the Ridley Thomas situation, of course, was you know, a horrendously divisive situation where once he was suspended, um, that was the only action that the council could take. The council mm-hmm. couldn't remove him. And therefore, because he couldn't be removed, we couldn't set a special election. So we're left with this completely unsatisfactory situation where the people of the district don't have a voting representative and we can't we we are legally prohibited from setting a special election to allow the people to elect a voting representative. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the, you know, in some respects, the worst of all worlds. Uh, Now, if that is something that we have to do. Uh, to separate the member from this body, you know, then we have to take into account that that has real ramifications for the for the people of the district and for the operation of the council as well. Yep. Let me ask you point blank um, a couple of things. Number one, is this hearing set for Friday too soon? Uh, well, it we may determine it to be. And mm-hmm. if it is, then we'll just we'll simply take the time that we need to make the 
correct evaluation of the situation, and we'll continue it if we need to. Um, I, I don't want to presuppose any outcomes of Friday's discussion because I just don't do that before uh, a debate actually begins. But you know, we may very well decide as a as a committee that Mr. Price should have an opportunity to answer the charges first, or that we should have an opportunity, a greater opportunity for the people of the Ninth District to weigh in. We might very well decide that, yeah. um, but I don't want to presuppose that outcome yet. Yeah. I hope you do. Let me just go on the record and say, public, I hope you do, because I just don't want to see the mess that we saw the first time around. I know you don't want to see that either. Uh, and uh, by that's the first, for sure. By the first time around, I mean MRT, the last time around. Yeah. Um, I don't want to see that, that either. You, you opined on this earlier, but let me just ask you a point-blank question about it. Uh, you do not believe, based on what I heard earlier come out of your mouth, that the L.A. City Council has a corruption problem? Well, look, we've had a, a, a problem with corruption in our recent history, mm-hmm. and I think that's an issue that everyone in Los Angeles needs to take seriously, and we need fundamental reforms. And I've already put forward a whole raft of them, include starting with an independent redistricting commission, and then also municipal lobbying ordinance reform, and then also changing the way we do land use decisions in the city uh, so as to take away any kind of incentivization for any corruption. And I've also proposed an inspector general position that will review all of the actions that we take regarding land use to find any indications of fraud or corruption so that we can prevent it from happening in the first place and root it out if it does. So we, yes, I believe we need to make some really fundamental institutional reforms that I hope to put before the voters in next year's election. Speaking of which, let me ask you two other things in the three and a half minutes I have left. Number one, the city charter, as you know, does not demand that a council person in this particular situation at this moment be suspended. And that's uh, that's where a lot of this confusion comes in. We went through this in the MRT situation. Uh, what the charter demands, what the charter doesn't demand, what the council has an option to do, but it's not called upon to necessarily uh, have to do. Um, just give me your thoughts about uh, where we are in the city charter and whether or not now would be a really propitious time to revise the city charter. Oh, it absolutely is. And we're looking at every part of it because, you know, going through these processes and experiencing that in, experiencing them in real life, you, you, you find where the flaws are in the charter itself, where the council is, um, uh, not given the tools that it needs in some respects and uh, where, you know, we're given uh, too much liberty and discretion in other areas. And so um, I'm very much looking at that in ways that we can change that to make sure that not only we address issues of corruption and and that sort of thing, but also take away even the you know, the temptation of corruption and take away the perception of corruption, because our our first job needs to be to to rebuild the confidence of the people in their council and in government as a whole, because we can't be effective in doing anything else unless the people have confidence that we're representing their interests. And mm-hmm. so that has to be our first priority. And finally here, um, what's your, your viewpoint on the expansion of the council. We mentioned this on our program yesterday. L.A. is a big city, 15 council seats. Uh, many argue that uh, it's the city is just too big to only have 15 council members. Your take on that? No, I absolutely agree. I've promoted it. I've pushed for this. I will continue to push for it. 
You know, we each represent around 260 or 270,000 people. Each of our districts would be the 16th largest city in California if it was its own city. Mm. So we need smaller districts so that the people are closer to their elected representatives and also so that we have enough seats on the council to ensure fair opportunity for every community in this city uh, to be able to elect someone that reflects their voice and their experience. And right now, it's a game of musical chairs with not enough chairs. Mm. And so we have communities pitting against each other, and that shouldn't be what we have in a city like Los Angeles with the incredible diversity that we have here. We shouldn't have communities pitted against each other to the degree that we do. Let me close on this note. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you. Uh, for accepting my phone call. I must say uh, publicly, as I've said privately, I've never, and I mean never at this point, I've never called Paul Krikorian when he did not return my phone call. I have never invited him on this program. He did not accept the invitation to do so. Uh, No matter what kinds of questions I'm throwing at him, he always accepts the opportunity to come on, and I am grateful and appreciative for that on behalf of uh, KBLA Talk 1580. And finally, I, I hope that you, you are obviously an attorney uh, in your own right, uh, and not just the council president, but I hope that the, uh, the council in this meeting on Friday or beyond will keep, again, uh, the following in mind, due process, fundamental fairness, presumption of innocence. On that note, Mr. President, I thank you for your time, sir. It's my great pleasure, Tabs. It's always a, a pleasure to chat with you, and I can assure you that as long as I'm council president, we don't just rubber stamp things. We'll be looking at them carefully, and we'll be digging into the details. I appreciate you. Have a great day. Thank you for your time. All right. You too. Have a good day. More Bye. of Tabs Smiley after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 15.